0: exactly Dot .com right now for a discount so you can live Clairton Clear. Use as directed. So podcasts have really popped off in the last couple years and I feel like a lot of people reach out to me and they're like Janine how do I start a podcast? And I'm here to help you out today. So if you guys are interested in starting your own podcast, because I absolutely love podcasting. I think it is so fun and I think everybody should do it. So if you guys are interested in starting one, Spotify has a platform that lets you make one super, super easily. And even on the platform as well, they will distribute it everywhere for you. And then you can even earn money, which is so cool. It's all in one place and it's completely for free. It is called Spotify for podcasters. And here's how it works. So Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts literally right from your phone or your computer. It's super, super easy. So no matter what y'all setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. So don't feel like you have to have it all together to start when you can start today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else that podcasts are heard. Also, what is so great is if you do want to have a video feature video podcasts are available on Spotify. And I have that online and I think it's just so fun and engaging for my audience to be able to see me on Spotify as well. So with Spotify for podcasters, you can even earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. So definitely check that out. And here is the best of all point of this. It is completely free with no catch. So ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just feel like it has been so engaging. I feel like, I'm loving the options that that Spotify is giving me with Q&As and polls and even having video. So I highly recommend you guys give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app, or you can go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. You guys are going to love this. If you've been wanting to start it, this is your sign. Hey guys, welcome back to Happy and Healthy. I'm your host, Junine Amapola, and welcome to the podcast. I am so, so excited for today's episode because I'm bringing on a special guest today. Her name is Lisa Axelrad, and today we're going to be talking all about nutrition, health, and fitness. And she's also going to be debunking all the things that we think based off social media and YouTube, all the theories and myths that we see people commonly talk about that she is here today to debunk. Lisa is a certified nutritionist, personal trainer, and life coach for the past 15 years, so she is overall going to be giving you guys tips on how to live a healthier lifestyle and how to lose weight and how to just live a sustainable, healthy lifestyle. So let's just get right into today's episode, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Hey guys, so it's Janelle Mopola and I am here today with Lisa Axelrad. Hi Lisa, thank you for joining me today. Hi everyone. So I'm really, really excited to have her on here because Lisa was my nutritionist about, was it like three years ago
1: now? Three or two I years ago? I think so. Maybe two, it's hard to even remember.
0: I think it was 2018 and it's obviously we're in 2020 now. (laughs) And um, I sought Lisa out because I had just moved to LA and I was really eager to get on this fitness journey. I had been on one already, but I felt like I was so confused on what to do based upon the amount of information I was seeing on Instagram and YouTube. And so I came from this background of like, I love to work out, I want to be healthy, but I have no idea where to start. And I really didn't know anything about like nutrition or nutrition in general. So that is where Lisa came in. I reached out to her and I was like, help a sister out. So (laughs) Lisa, why don't you introduce yourself and give your background?
1: Sure. So thank you so much for having me. We've been trying to do this for so long. So I'm happy quarantine finally brought us together. Yes. I've been studying now or teaching 15 years. So I'm 36. I started right out of college. I studied in college nutritional science and um, exercise science. So right after I finished school, I went straight into something called the National Personal Training Institute, which is actually a hands-on approach to fitness and nutrition in the classroom. I was in the gym five hours a day learning and studying the techniques. I was in the best shape of my life. After that, I went and I started teaching nutrition and personal training. And I started at a small boutique gym. Then I moved to Equinox. This was back in Chicago where I'm from. And then eventually I got a job as wellness director out here at a physical therapy clinic. And I started tailoring a lot of my programs to people that couldn't work out, that had injuries, dealing with a lot of inflammation and other issues. And then about, let's see, four years ago, I started my own business, which is called LA FitNut, which stands for Lisa Axelrad Fitness and Nutrition. And along that route, I got certified as a life coach because I realized so much of the principles that we're dealing with in life have to do with fitness and nutrition. As you know, we did a little bit of the life coaching techniques in your nutrition program. And it kind of is all-encompassing when I work with my clients. I look at the person, the everything as as a whole. And I think that's really one of the best secrets to finding a great nutrition program or fitness program is looking at the whole person.
0: Yes, completely agree. And this is why I wanted to bring her on here is because her extensive background and everything she's studied and... I honestly don't think I would be the same person I am today without you. I mean, you have severely impacted my life and you have helped me learn to eat the way that I eat now to have a sustainable healthy lifestyle. And the reason why I wanted to bring her on here is because I wanted her to pass on this information to you guys. Um, a lot of my followers reach out to me and they're like, Janine, how do I start up my fitness journey? How do I lose weight? How do I lose weight fast? Like, cause there's so many clickbait, you know, videos on, on Instagram and YouTube. And it's like, this is how you lose weight super fast. I think so many people that, you know, aren't informed. It's not that you're dumb. It's just that you're not informed really on the nutrition world or fitness world, you go and you click on this video and you're like, I want to lose weight fast. And it's like this girl who's giving you advice and she has no background, nothing. And this, you know, maybe this like 15 year old girl is like, okay, I want to follow this. I want to follow this. And she can't obtain it because she either doesn't have the gym or the right food, or she's beating herself up because she can't follow this fitness program or whatever. And so the reason why I wanted to bring Lisa on here is because I wanted her to share with you guys Like, how is it that you start your fitness journey? How is it that you have a sustainable, healthy lifestyle? What is it that we can do? And like, what are the misconceptions that are in the fitness world? So I guess, Lisa, you've just been in the fitness world for, you know, 10, 15 years. Like, what are kind of like the misconceptions and myths and things that you've seen that you just cringe at when you see it? And how can we fix that? And what would be your advice to that?
1: Yeah, there's so many. And I think that just for the average listener, I mean, I could go on and on about all the myths about nutrition and fitness. And I think that the best place to start, what I want everyone to know that's listening to this right now, is that every time you read something and you try it out, let's say you try out, um, Who are all the big Emily Sky Fitness or? Mikaela um, Simmons. And, yeah, the BBG program. And let's say it doesn't work for you. I think a big myth or a big struggle that a lot of girls feel is that then they failed. And so the first myth that I want to dispel is look at every approach and every trial that you do with a different program as one step closer to finding out what is working for you. So if you tried Kalitz in BBG program and it didn't work for you for whatever reason, you couldn't keep it up or it was too hard. Don't look at yourself as a failure. Think, okay, that approach wasn't right for me. Let me research and try another one and keep going because something that I always tell all of my clients is you cannot fail if you keep trying. So don't be so hard on yourself and just know that there is so much information out there and it is so overwhelming. It can make our heads spin. I even know it all. This is my job and my head sometimes is still spinning. Just thinking about the people out there that are absorbing it and they're so confused. I feel confused for them. How are people going to understand this? So I would just say besides not, you know, don't look at every, Every challenge is a failure. Think of it as one step closer to figuring out what works for you. And then the other thing I would say is keep in mind that every health professional is going to have a different approach. And that approach might not be for you, but just be wary that, oh, they look great. That sounds great. They must know everything. You know, just know that there are so many different schools of thought when it comes to nutrition and fitness. And so every time you read something or hear something, you have to really take everything with a grain of salt and just know this is the program that they found, that they studied, that worked for them. They came across it from their background, whoever taught them. And I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to think, okay, that's their approach. Now I'm hearing something completely different. Does that mean one is right or wrong? I think a big myth is to you know think that there is going to be one absolute yes, 100% for everybody. And just to remember that everyone's going to have a different approach and not each one will work for every person. And so just kind of look around and just know, okay, I'll listen to that. I'll try that for a little bit. If it doesn't work, that doesn't mean I failed. That means I'm still on my journey. And then just know that doesn't mean that person was wrong. It just means that that's what worked for them. And I'm going to try a different one now.
0: That's so good that you said that because I think when I came to you, I was hoping that you would give me this is the way you do it. Cause I was like, I wanted it to be so black and white. So I could be like, okay, there's no rules to break. I'm just going to follow this like strict path. But then as I started working with you, I realized I couldn't do it. I I mean, you were like, okay, do you want to count calories this week? And I was like, uh, no. And then you're like, okay, do you want to track macros? And I was like, no, not really. And then you're like, okay, like that's, let's figure out actually what works for you. And I think that's something we had to remember is is everything is so subjective. Like you taught me this as well. It's like your body is so different than someone else's or there, there isn't a one size fits all approach. It is so based upon like your own like needs and how your body reacts to certain things. And so kind of what you've taught me is just overall, you know, I'm more intuitive eat, but I just try to eat really healthy and whole grains and bringing like healthy snacks and avoiding processed foods and, sugars and, and maybe that's something else you can go into in a second here is just kind of giving us you know overall tips of like what are things we should avoid and what are things we should look for more when we're eating but I just wanted to drive in that point that I think again there's so many people that are like oh, that girl looks like that and that works for her so that must work for me and what you were just saying like it, it actually doesn't always work like that and I remember I would beat myself up so much. Cause I mean, I did do the Kayla at program and I actually like, didn't like it. Like after the 11th week, I was like, oh my gosh, like I cannot wait to end this. <laughs> and so I realized after that, I was like, this just ain't for me. Cause I think I liked more weight training and lifting, which is why I like Whitney Simmons program. And that's what works for me. And that's again, just an encouragement for you guys is find what works for you and seek out the help if you need that.
1: Yeah, anything you want to add to that? So when you were saying, you know, to backtrack a little, I mean, sugars is like a whole topic that we could, you know, probably spend an hour talking about. But one of the best tips that I like to give my clients is um, two things. It's not just that everybody is different, because that's true, but everyone's life is different. So for example, um, some people have a nine to five job, and then weekends, they're off evenings, they're off. And what I say is, let's compartmentalize your life. The way you're going to eat on a weekday when you're at work, is going to be very different when you're out with your girlfriend Saturday at brunch, right? So there's going to be a very nice flow to how we eat throughout the week. And that's why I don't like the black and white thing. Because if you do the Whole30 or if you do keto or paleo, if you're doing hardcore vegan plant-based and then you go out to brunch with your friends and then you can't eat anything on the menu, we start to get this anxiety like, oh my God, I can't eat anything. And I'm on this Whole30 program and I have 30 days to do this detox, cleanse, juice, whatever. And then we feel like, and then it starts to give us anxiety. We feel bad. Then there's guilt because we didn't eat well the next day. And what I teach is just there's different rules for different situations. There's just different guidelines, how we're going to eat. When it's noon in between our work meetings or on our lunch break, it's going to be very different than Saturday night with our girlfriends. And that's what I help clients realize is that there's going to be, you have to allow that change in your life. Okay, we have to allow ourselves to have a social life, we have to allow ourselves to enjoy food. I say, you know, when I want people to eat healthier and eat more whole foods and whole snacks, yes, it does help with weight loss. But it's more than that, it helps us not feel bloated. It helps us have higher energy, it helps us have better mental clarity. And during the work week, when we are at our job, we need those things, we're going to feel awful if we're bloated after lunch, our stomach hurts, and we're tired. So yes, it's going to help you lose weight, but we also want to feel better during the work days when we are when we have to concentrate. On the weekends, if we can sleep in on Sunday, clients will text me. I'm going out. I have a friend's birthday dinner Saturday night. I'm so nervous. What should I eat? I was like, well, what do you want to eat? Let's go through the menu together. And then we go through the menu. They're like, I say, what would you order here? And they usually say, I'd order the pizza and whatever. And I said, then get the pizza because tomorrow is <laughs> Sunday. You can sleep in you know, all week you worked really hard and you were focusing on eating well for your body so that you could perform well. And now it's Sunday, eating one meal is not going to affect your entire weight loss program, first of all. And if you restrict that pizza, after your 30 day, you know, program of whatever you're going to do, you're going to end up having a huge binge situation, which is what a lot of people do. So I like to make sure that people are choosing less processed for the right reasons, you know, because we want to look good, but we also want to feel good. And if you can remember that you're also feeling good for better energy, maybe you need some better bathroom habits, which affects a lot of people, things like that. It's going to be so much easier to make those choices. And then to know like, oh, Saturday night, I'm going to go with my girlfriends and, you know, enjoy my life.
0: And I love that that's your approach because you don't encourage people to restrict. I love that, you know, even when I was working with you, same thing, I would text you and I'd be like, I really want the pizza. And you'd be like, girl, get the pizza then. (laughs) And I love that your approach wasn't restrictive because you're right. It does lead to, you know, overeating something else because you're just restricting, restricting that you can get home. And if I see chocolate, it's like, I'm just going to go crazy on that chocolate. And so I feel like that's such a healthy approach to give people the incentive And the reward of like, you did so great this week. And, you know, eat that pizza, you deserve it. And I think there's so many people that think oh my gosh, I cannot eat this pizza because then everything is thrown off. And I love like, that mm-hmm. you just said, well, it's not going to overall throw off everything. Now, maybe if you're eating like that every single day, but that's like a Saturday, that's a one-off. Can you tell them a little bit more about kind of like the food log thing? Because that's what you did with me. Mm-hmm. And that's where I realized the foods that were triggering me and were getting me you know, bloated or I was you know, having lack of energy. So could you talk a little bit about that process and how you help your clients do that?
1: Yes. So for my program, the food log is everything. Um, something that I talk about with clients when they want to sign up with me is um, I tell them I don't count macros. We don't count calories. We do nothing with numbers. I don't want you thinking about portion size. I want to know how you feel. And on our very first session, I always, I created this symptom list that I put together from my work at the wel- as wellness director at the physical therapy clinic. During my Early years of teaching nutrition, I started to realize that what is going on on the inside of the body was so clear to what people are eating, so I started to track people 's headaches, stomach aches, moods, sleep, skin issues, heartburn, acid reflux, a lot of different other bathroom issues that people usually say "This is two am I and i 'm always like it's never two am I Tell me everything <laughs> um, so when you are doing the first session with me, I have you fill out your symptom. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but one of your biggest things was energy. You are so tired all the time. And I mean, that's also because you're just such a hard worker, but (laughs) there's a huge correlation between what we eat and how we feel. And so what, instead of having you guys track uh, your calories and your macros every week, I just say, I want you to write down everything you're eating and drinking. So there's two reasons I do that. One is it's helping me see what the challenges are that you're struggling with. And the other is that it's helping you see all the times you're actually taking bites here and there, or you might be realizing, you know, later on, as you go through my program and we talk through it, you start to... go through your own food log on your own, you say, I was so tired. But then I look back at my food log and I realized I didn't have my snack that day. And that's why I was extra hungry. And it starts to teach why we are feeling certain ways with our food. And people are so concerned with weight loss. And the way I do my weight loss program is we talk about everything except weight loss. And I'm talking about how does the food make you feel? you know, how was your energy that day? How are your symptoms clearing up? And every week people are like, my clothes are starting to, you know, get a little baggier and I'm starting to feel better. But If we remove the focus off weight loss and more how is the food making you feel and what are the food choices that you're making every day, you're going to start to be so much more intuitive with, okay, now I know this food makes me feel good, this food doesn't make me feel good. And once we start consuming food that makes us feel good, the body just responds better. The weight comes off without being so focused on the scale and on the actual numbers. I like to remind my clients that the scale is simply our body against gravity. That's all it is. It's (laughs) our body's gravity on planet earth. And we put so much of a focus on it and it drives us crazy. We step on that scale in the morning and then we step on it at night and then we get really frustrated with ourselves and it can really make us upset. And I try not to do scale weigh-ins. My clients, I like to go based on more how our clothes are fitting. And I like to really get down to the bottom of um, the food log and making sure We know what are the foods that make you feel good while simultaneously getting you to your goals, but doing it more in a, okay, these foods make my body feel better. And, you know, like I said, if you're eating the foods that make you feel good, you're going to achieve that weight loss.
0: And I love that that's, again, the approach, because I do feel like, you know, you again taught me, it's like overall the food is supposed to fuel you. It's not supposed to make you feel more bloated or more lethargic or whatever. And so when I started switching my foods from more whole grain or just more fruits and veggies or anything that wasn't processed, and I mean, maybe we could talk a little bit more about the sugar, but you know, I tried to cut back significantly how much sugar I was eating and sweets. Also like substituting foods. I mean, again, we can talk about that as well because substituting foods is something that really, really helped me as well of not eating like, you know, the the Reese's peanut butter bar and instead just eating like, I know something from like Trader Joe's that's a little bit of a healthier alternative. And that's definitely helped me a lot. What would you say, like if someone does come to you and they're like, well, you know, calories in versus calories out, like I want to lose weight. How do you handle that approach when someone asks you like, well, I just want to track my calories because it makes most sense to me. Or, you know, when overall science is telling us it's calories in versus calories out, how do you handle that within your own approach?
1: Okay. So I do have a specific approach and the approach that I have is focused on a lot of plant-based foods. And I allow people to go within that as much as they want. If someone is like, I want to be a hundred percent plant-based, then I support that. If someone says I want to be mostly plant-based, but I still want to have some pizza and I want to have some fish, then we work around that. If someone says, you know, I like to count my calories, I say, I usually kind of hit back with, is that how you want to live the rest of your life? Because nobody wants to count calories the rest of your life. And that was what you were referring to in the beginning. You know, you said, should I be counting my macros? They said, well, do you want to count your macros for the rest of your life? That just sounds awful like just you know <laughs> plugging in numbers and i said i teach people how to eat and what makes us feel good now the thing about my approach is i'm doing things on the back end i know how many calories you're consuming i i do know what is the calories in versus calories out that secretly is my approach i just don't like talking about it because i just find it for the average person, for someone that doesn't know much, that's really struggling to lose weight, if we focus so much on the calories, it's not healthy for us, for our mental health. We get mm-hmm. so obsessed so with plugging things into MyFitnessPal or whatever new app it is. And then we're always thinking about it. You know, for my mom's generation, it was Weight Watchers. Then my generation in our 20s, it was MyFitnessPal. Now I know there's a million other things. Now it's yes. macros and other stuff. And I just think, I will straight up tell someone, if that is your approach and you really want to do it, then I recommend you work with someone that will do that approach with you. If you still want to work with me, then I just challenge you to try doing it without counting calories. And then, you know, that's up to you. But I think what's really important, again, is what I was saying in the beginning that to try different approaches doesn't, and not seeing the results doesn't mean that you failed. It just means that you're one step closer to figuring out what works for you. And I think that, you know, if someone really does want to count calories, they, they can find a lot of nutritionists that will count calories with them. There's a lot of people that love doing that because it's just, it's basic. Yeah. And then, you know, that nutritionist or trainer will say, well, you ate too many calories that day. And now we know why you did wrong. But then we're like pointing the finger, like don't eat that many calories as opposed to, again, it's like the flow of the week. Something else that I explain to clients is I like to have my clients eat throughout the day. You know, it keeps our energy up. It keeps us excited for the next meal. We get to anticipate something. So if someone eats, let's say five times a day, that's three meals and two snacks. Over the course of seven days, that's 35 meals. Okay. Over the course of four weeks, that's what is that? 30, 60, 90, 120, something, you know, around there. Over the course of one month, that's over 120 times that you're choosing your food. I don't want to be counting calories every single day because what you're doing two weeks from now at some bachelorette party, you know, I don't want you being like, I have to limit my calories this because I'm going on this vacation then. We have to remember that life is just going to be a flow and since I've, you know, worked with you a couple of years ago, your life has probably gone like this. Yeah. And people feel like life is, you know, if I lose weight, I'm just going to lose weight. And then my life is going to be like this, or I'm going to be, you know, going in an upward trajectory, but that's not realistic. What I explain to people mm-hmm. is balance in life is actually like this. There's going to be a lot of times we're going to be at our peak workout game and we're on top of it. And then there's going to be weeks and months where we're not. And then we're going to get back into it. And then we're not. And I think that people feel like we have to be so strict and so on top of it all the time, but that is so not realistic. And that's why the calories in calories out isn't realistic because life isn't like a straight line. Life is constantly like this. Calories are going to be like this because our trips and vacations and holidays and, you know, events are going to be like that too. So allowing that flow of just living your life and it all goes back to the approach of just eat the food that makes you feel good on a daily basis. Once you come to that realization that you're like, man, I just want to feel good every day Mm -hmm. and separate that from weight loss. Cause there's a lot of skinny, skinny girls that don't feel good every day. Mm. So we have to remember that weight and thinness does not mean feeling good. It's a Mm. full 360 approach with the body. So once, you just say, I want to feel good. I want my whole body to feel good. I don't want headaches anymore. I don't want my skin breaking out anymore. I don't want stomach aches anymore. I don't want to wake up exhausted anymore. And I'd love to lose some weight also. Once you focus on all those things, everything will fall into place. That's
0: so good. And I think that's just why your approach is so healthy overall and why it has changed my life is that I don't feel like I have to restrict myself and I don't feel like I'm bad if I eat a certain food. Like it is so ebb and flow, but overall you taught me kind of what to eat and what to avoid and just how to overall feel better because no one wants to wake up with like a massive bloated stomach. Cause I mean, with the food log that I would do with you, I mean, I remember there was one time, like I was on my food log and I logged the next morning that I was like, so, so bloated. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, why am I so bloated? And like, you made a note and you're like, "Uh, it's because you ate a bucket of ice cream the <laughs> night before. You're like, duh, you're going to be bloated. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like feeling, feeling dumb. But it's like, that's why the food log was so healthy. And why what showed me like, okay, Janine, like you can have some of that ice cream, but instead of eating the whole bucket, maybe you just have a little bit. Or you also taught me like, well, maybe why don't you eat fruit instead if you're trying to, you know, curb that sweet tooth. And so- I think that approach is just so healthy because yeah, you do wanna think about, is this gonna last when I'm you know, 40, 50, 60, 70? Cause yeah, I mean, I personally hate counting macros. I hate counting calories. It has never worked for me. It never will work for me. But I still feel like you know, I'm in shape. I, I enjoy what I eat. I love what I eat and I feel good. And when I don't feel good, then I take note of that mentally. And I'm like, okay, then I'm going to you know, cut that out. And so I think that your approach is just so healthy for people. And I hope people listening just can, you know, understand that and maybe start implementing this a little bit more in their life. So kind of that leads me to my next question is what do you feel is the healthiest slash slash best way for people to start beginning their fitness journey into making the healthier changes so that they can start losing weight and not worrying so much about the scale?
1: Great question. There is, like you said, there's so much out there and it is so confusing. So mm-hmm. a couple things. If you ever look at some of the most successful people in the world that have really just killed it in business or in education, whatever it is, they oftentimes have a mentor. And sometimes you can get that for free, especially if you're a student. And other times people invest in it and they'll hire themselves a career coach or a life coach. And I want people to look at a nutritionist or a dietitian or a personal trainer as an investment in themselves. And I think that I know that it is definitely a luxury and sometimes it costs a lot of money. So I'll give a secondary approach after that. But if you do have the ability to do that, I would say hiring a one-on-one consultation with someone is really one of the best things because, it's very hard to go online and to go on Instagram or social media or YouTube, mm-hmm. and there's all these people that are talking about things. But the problem is, is that they're talking to mass amounts of people, and they're not talking to you about your life, your work, your schedule, your social life, your weekends. And so if you can work with someone one-on-one, and they can help you really navigate, well, what are, what's your schedule like? What's your job like? Um, but also what what stresses you out? what leads you to emotional eating? when do you find yourself binge eating? and if we can really if you can really dig deeper into your emotional habits with food, you can only get that one on one with someone. So I would say the best thing I ever did was I got a life coach for myself, and that's how I ended up getting certified. They talked me into getting up you know becoming certified as a life coach. They said, you know you should add this to your program. it helped me so much and and I really realize that women, no matter how young you are, if you are in high school, if you are in college, if you're in your early twenties, invest in yourself. It's one of the best things that we can do, especially, you know, we're in this age right now of women empowerment and, you know, really working up the ladder. And we see so many women in such huge positions. And like you, you have totally grown your business. You have a podcast now. You went from a YouTuber to doing a podcast. You have all of these people that follow you and look up to you. And it's so incredible. And you invested in yourself. You're a great example of that. And now you're able to help Thank others. You. And I just, I would tell people, you know, invest in yourself, find a mentor, hire professional help. Because you need to focus on what your specific issues are. Now, let's say you don't have the funds for a one-on-one program. It goes back to then you can do a lot of the online programs for a lot less money. And I would say just start chipping away. Try, you know, a six-week program. Try a 12-week program. And if it doesn't work, change your mindset. You know, that's a big thing in life coaching. Don't look at it as a failure. Look at it as, a, oh, I just tried this one thing. It didn't work for me. Like you said, I tried Kayla's journey and I realized her BBG program didn't like it. And I found this one. I loved it. That wasn't a failure for you. That was one step closer to you figuring out what you wanted to do. So you can invest in yourself by having a one-on-one program, which is a little bit more expensive, or you can invest in yourself by doing week programs. You did both. So you're a great example. You know, you tried... <laughs> Uh, less expensive online programs and then you invest in yourself in a personal nutrition program. So I think that Mm -hmm. really it's someone that's starting their journey is try not to get too bogged down with all of the online stuff and really stay away from influencers that are not certified in any nutrition or fitness program. It's it's very dangerous because Mm. they just they don't have that background and people forget that it's a nutrition science. It's Exercise science—you study it. You know something that I say is: if I got in a car accident or if I got a speeding ticket, I wouldn't go to my friends that got a speeding ticket and talk their way out of it for law advice. They had one experience with it. That doesn't make them someone I should be going to for law advice. I go to a lawyer for that. One of the biggest issues right now is that everyone thinks that they're entitled to to give out advice on a science, and it's a very dangerous situation. And that's why people are getting very sick and doing things that then they get frustrated about because it didn't work for them. Well, they have to think about it in a different way and think about yourself you know, and what works for you and not what's working for everyone else around you.
0: Yes, that's so good. And two points I wanted to make. So something you kind of mentioned is, um, you kind of mentioned briefly like the mental aspect of nutrition and the way you eat. I think a lot of people, and this is something I didn't realize is that everything is very mental. Like the reason why you're eating that way is because you're either stressed out or you're sad or you're tired. And so I think also getting the mental aspect down is so important because you can't, I feel like you can't really like unmarry the two. I feel like the way you eat is a direct result or a direct, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? It. it you know, it's I'm talking
1: about? Of, Yeah. It's a result of how your day was.
0: Exactly. And so I think a lot of times, you know, we are eating a certain way and we don't know it, but then it's really because there's something going on in our head. You know, we're tired or we're sad or we're stressed out. And so that's why for me personally, I would constantly stress eat. As soon as my day was rough, I would go to the refrigerator and I would just eat, 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 eat. I didn't realize that food was so mental as well. And I think that's something that you've taught me. And I think, you know, perhaps people listening to this can try to understand is like, the why behind, like, okay, why am I eating this? Is it because I haven't had enough water today? Is it because I'm tired? Is it because I'm stressed? Is it because I'm bored? Bored eating is, I, I think, like one of the worst things as we're all just sitting in front of the TV, especially in quarantine. It's so hard right now. Yes. Um, just lying around eating, eating, eating. And so, you know, I always try to remember from you, I'm like, okay, Janine, drink water and eat an apple <laughs> instead. And I still do that to this day. And so it really did work. And so anything you want to add to that as well?
1: Yes. Emotional eating. First of all, that term, a lot of people might think like, I'm not an emotional eater. I don't have an eating disorder. And it's not necessarily like an eating disorder. It's more that we are human. We run on emotions and food has constantly been things throughout history really that has made us feel good. It's been comfort for us. I remember so well one session you and I had, and I think you had mac and cheese that night, or we were texting, you're like, I just want it. And then maybe we jumped on our FaceTime call the next day. And I was like, well, but what else is going on in your life right now? Like, what are you feeling? And you go, well, I actually had like a really bad day. I've been struggling with, and I can't even remember what it was, but you were, you were, you're such a hard worker and you were always really running, you know, at mm-hmm. hundred miles an hour. And I would always say, Janine's, slow down, you're doing too much, you need to rest, you need to sleep. (laughs) But But you know, you finally realize at the end of the day that you would kind of come back to your apartment, and you would come down from your day of running around. And that would be the moment that you would, you know, that was when you wanted more of that comfort food. And then when we started realizing that, and then we brought that up and I said, okay, it looks like you're having cravings at the end of the day, because I think all of your emo- emotions kind of flood in because you're so busy all the time. And then when you finally have a moment to sit, your mind starts going. And then you start mm-hmm. thinking about everything and you just want to like sit on the couch and chill and eat some food. And then we started creating some healthier alternatives. That's what you mentioned before. Like, okay, instead of Reese's peanut butter cups, so why don't we make Maybe you and I once did like the dessert. We did the smoothies. cacao brownies, I think. The yes. cacao
0: brownie recipe, which was so good. Or oh, the cheesy yeah. pudding.
1: Yes, exactly. You're like texting me, is this really healthy? Can I really <laughs> be eating this? Yeah. I'm like, because-
0: this is too good to be true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, it's because there are ways to achieve comfort food and um sweet flavors without going to processed sugars. There are natural sugars. And that's, you know, what you were talking about wanting to go into the discussion about the sugars and, um, but sugar is something that we crave when our emotions are a little bit all over the place. And so one of the biggest things, you know, we people usually typically either crave salty or or sweet. And so people who are, you were someone that kind of, I think you went through like both a little bit, but you definitely liked sweets at the end of the day. I love Sweets. <laughs> love them. Yeah. So I, you know, when you said you have water and an apple first, that was usually like the first check-in like, okay, am I really craving sweets or have I just like, not been eating enough today or not getting enough water. And so why don't I start with that? And I always say, start with water, start with, you know, some fruit. And if you still want the sweets, then we try this. And if you still want that, you know, then we try this and there's levels. We don't always have to go to the Reese's peanut butter cups or the tub of ice cream first. There are so many things that can help us with that sweet craving right away, but going back with the emotions. I mean, even I teach this and I'm still, you know, I'm, I have a husband, I have a child. They both stress me out. I'm very (laughs) emotional around my period. My husband did a really funny thing a few years ago. He said, I've started tracking the week before your period because that's when you start to get crazy. I am a typical girl. I get yeah. emotional and I can get a little anxious about things. And my husband's so smart. He's, he pointed it out even before I did. And I even teach this stuff. But, um, but that's another thing because I have a lot of clients that say, I don't know why I'm so tired or I'm so hungry. And I usually ask, you know, are you getting your period? That's another thing that will make us have cravings or make us yeah. feel a certain way. And then we, tend to eat differently around that. So again, that's why I think personalized programs are just so important because it's not just um, to lose weight. It's what our own issues are around food. When do we tend to snack or have the cravings? It's usually if we're stressed, maybe there's a really toxic uh, relationship in our life, you know, a coworker, a boss, a friend that doesn't treat us well, um, a parent, a sibling, the relationship that we're in, so many things, you know, sometimes we all know that feeling where we get an email, or we get a text message and our heart starts racing like, oh God, I don't want to deal with this right now, you yeah. know, and it makes us feel really bad. And then we just want to kind of get rid of that feeling. And sometimes we'll have, you know, go out with friends and have a drink or just get some, you know, dessert or whatever. But food has always been a way to mask those emotions. And sometimes just to recognize it, it doesn't mean we can't ever do it. It just means that let's just recognize what we're doing. I'm not feeling great right now. I just, rather than saying, you know, I'm just going to binge like a tub of ice cream. Maybe what you really need is just some girl time to vent and have a a good meal and jump on FaceTime be like, do you want to just do like a FaceTime vent session? Let's get some good food and make it more of a fun experience as opposed to like a guilt ridden experience. Like, oh, I'm going to eat this ice cream and then feel bad about it afterwards. And I'm going to feel bad about that other thing too. You know, what if we made it more fun? And that just comes from again reframing the situation, knowing that sometimes we just need something to make us laugh a little bit. We need some girl time. We need some fun time. And um the two are definitely married, like you said, the emotions and the food. It is it's a very complicated a complicated web that a lot of us girls struggle with. And at every age, at every age.
0: Yes, that's so good. Okay, I think my last question's gonna be is overall, what Is like the number one thing that just makes you cringe when you're scrolling on Instagram and you're seeing these fitness influencers. What to you, you're like, oh gosh, I wish they wouldn't post about that, or that's so wrong. Like, what to you is that?
1: You know, my answer, and it's when people say they're cutting carbs. Uh, Ah, I hate that. First of all, carbs are life. I love everything about carbs, but uh, people don't understand again this goes into the science of nutrition people don't even know what carbs are people don't even know what macronutrients mean but carb carbohydrates are a macronutrient which means they are essential to the body and what people also don't know is that the brain is a carb dependent organ so if you are cutting carbs you're doing the worst thing for your brain you're just taking away all your energy something i do in my nutrition program we did in the beginning is i have whole powerpoint presentations i teach people about the science cuz i want you to really understand that it's not carbs that are bad but it's just like sugar it's just like everything it's not so black and white there are less than healthy carbs and there are very healthy carbs and i just when people are doing these carb substitutes for everything it just drives me crazy you know people love the cauliflower carb stuff and Um, All of those kinds of things and sure they're good, but they're doing it as a way to stop eating so many carbs And I think that once if we could really learn what carbohydrates are and the different categories of them people would feel so much differently about them But when influencers or whoever say just cut your carbs I'm cutting carbs this week and I lost this much weight I'm just like man that is teaching such a bad example And people don't even know enough about science to really understand what what that means and what that's doing to the body drives me crazy.
0: So understandable. I used to be someone that I thought carbs were the enemy, but I always loved them. And I like, I couldn't get rid of them. But then, yeah, you were the one that helped me switch to, okay, why don't we eat better? Like, why don't we do sweet potatoes? And I was like, okay, awesome. Like you can still eat carbs. And like, I think, yeah, again, it's just sad when so many people are just like, no carbs, no carbs. I'm like, and after working with you, I was like, no, we need carbs. We need it. But is it maybe the overconsumption of carbs that can be the issue? Like with anything, just too much can be too bad for for anything. Is that was that what you would say?
1: I would say of the carbs that are less than healthy, that are more processed carbs, absolutely. And then also what you said, you're like, but I craved them, I couldn't get away from them. That's what you said, and that's because the body craves carbs because we need them. So we just have yeah. to make sure we're eating the right ones. So beans, lentils, sweet potatoes. Um, brown rice. I love white potatoes. People think white potatoes are the devil. And I'm like, well, yeah, when you're frying them in oil and getting fries, (laughs) that's going to completely change their nutrient profile than if you were to make a potato, a regular baked potato, right? Mm. So people are like, man, I can't eat pizza, or I'm going to do cauliflower uh, rice pizza or crust pizza. And I'm like, yeah, but then you're also loading it with like, cheese the pepperoni and y'all know that stuff isn't very good for us but you're (laughs) so focused on the the crust part so it's more definitely the types of carbohydrates that you're consuming the way that it's cooked and prepared And yes, if you are restricting your carbs, you're most likely going to be binging them or overdoing them at another time. And you're most likely going to be eating the kinds of carbs that aren't very healthy or the ones that are very low in fiber. So you can consume a lot of them like, you know, those um, bags of Chips that you can just like eat in one sitting and then you still don't feel full afterwards, or like the hippies, or popcorn, or pretzels, or Pringles. The slogan for Pringles is literally if you pop, you just can't stop, meaning they want you to sit there and eat the entire bucket. It's true. (laughs) But if you were to eat a full baked potato with beans on top and add some like hummus, or you know, did a soup potato with some scallions and some salsa on top and some black beans and I think you did like the stuffed baked potato before right
0: I I still eat that to this day I love it so much
1: can you eat more after that are you so full
0: I'm so full and it keeps me so full for like hours afterwards
1: I remember yeah we did the stuffed sweet potato together and you're like can I really be eating this I'm like well tell me how you feel afterwards and you're like (laughs) I'm so full I feel like you're like I I tried to eat I couldn't even eat more and I said that's that's the difference between Pringles carbs versus uh-huh. a baked potato carbs. Yes. And that's, I think, what, what I try to teach a lot is when you're eating the right carbs, you literally cannot, you can't overeat them. A lot of what I teach is the fiber content. If you're consuming a lot of fiber, your stomach is just so full. And in the processed carbs and a lot of like the chips and the crackers and that stuff, they remove the fiber. So that's why you can just keep eating it.
0: Wow. That is so crazy. And so I think it's also just like so funny just to see the journey I've had with you. Because I mean, I I would always just ask, I was like, I was questioning and doubting you. And you're like, just believe in me a little (laughs) bit. Because again, I was just like, this is too good to be true. Like, are, are you kidding me? And you're like, if you just eat what the earth provides, like you'll be fine. And I guess I like didn't want to believe it, but hey, it actually works. Okay, so let's just wrap this up a little bit. Is there any just final tips you want to give anybody, final things you want to say just overall for a healthy lifestyle or is that it?
1: The most important thing is to really have grace with yourself in the process of a healthy journey. Because we are hopefully all going to live until we are very, very old, which means let's say that's 100 years old. A lot of you out there listening are probably in your 20s, which means you've got 80, 70 maybe even only 50 more years of life. That's a very long time. And our health is going to continually evolve during different stages of of our life. Don't look at every program or situation as a failure. Think of it as one step closer to finding what works for you and have fun with the process. Really be proud of yourself every step of the way. Every day you wake up and you choose to want to be a little bit better, that is a cause for celebration and to feel really good about yourself. There are a lot of people out there that, that aren't trying. And so even if you're trying, I know sometimes it can feel so frustrating, but I want everyone to just feel really good about themselves because it's a very hard thing. And unfortunately, like we talked about, there's so many things out there that can get in the way of our success and as long as you're out there and you're still chipping away at it, you're doing the right thing. And I promise, I promise you will find the right thing soon.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your time and all your advice. And I just know this is going to help some people out there. And um, for everyone listening, I'm going to have her information linked in the description. Also, her Instagram is LA Fit So if you want to contact her there or follow her, she posts a lot of great nutrition stuff and recipes and tips. So definitely check that out. And thank you again, Lisa. I really appreciate it.
1: Yes. Thank you for having me and have a great rest of your day. And hopefully we can do this again soon.
0: Yes, absolutely. All right. Bye guys. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Lisa. I know I learned again, some stuff from her. She's so wise and I hope that helped you guys out. If you have any other questions you want to ask her, or you want to talk to her again, you can find her on her Instagram, which is LA fit nut. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I really appreciate your time. I hope this taught you something and you learned a little bit of something that overall helped you be more happy and healthy. And I will see you guys next Tuesday for another episode. And remember to stay happy and healthy. I love you guys, and see you soon. Bye.